Hello and welcome to the Libraries Unlimited podcast. Today we are chatting with Essex Libraries Sarah and Beth to see what they've been getting up to over the last few months, including releasing a podcast. Louise from Exeter Library tells us all about online languages. We have an update from the Summer Reading Challenge. And our lightning book review is from Karen at the Hayridge Centre in Cullumpton. Hi Callum, how are you? I'm very well, Lee. How's it going over there in, in the land of St Thomas? Very nice. It's very nice to be back at the library. You can hear the echo in the room. I've uh, laid out a bit of tape. I've been looking at how to do our new choose and collect service and uh, pushing everything around, taking things upstairs out of the way and completely kind of rebuilding the inside of the library. It's been quite fun, actually. Yeah, no, it is quite fun. It's like a perfect opportunity to kind of like just go crazy. Uh, Exeter Library is a little bit the same. Like we've we've had to create this kind of like huge open space. We've pushed loads of bookshelves around and uh, it still feels very Exeter Library, but, you know, it's a little bit different. But um, We've got a really interesting podcast ahead of us, haven't we, today? Um, the, you, you discovered uh, these people. So tell us about what happened and how you discovered them. So my centre manager for, you know, the centre manager for Exeter Library, she's called Emily McCauley. And she is very uh, sort of, you know, patriotic about Essex um, and because she still has kind of like her roots there she got wind of this uh, podcast from the Essex Library Service uh, called The Only Way Is Reading. This, this would be really interesting to get them on because they are obviously you know they're library people but they're in a different kind of world uh, they still work for the council whereas we work for a charity um, and uh, but we're all going through lockdown you know, they're doing a podcast, we're doing a podcast. So I thought, we'll get them on, we'll have a little chat and we'll see what's going on outside of Devon. So you contacted them and listened to their podcast. It's pretty good, isn't it? Have you heard it? I have. Uh, at the moment of recording, they've only got one episode out, but I thought it was quite interesting. Uh, it, they, it was kind of, it was very heavy focused on like reading. So I, I'd guess that the difference is that ours is focused on kind of like county news, uh, more about the kind of service kind of theoretically or generally uh, theirs was very much centered around the books so they had a bit of like trivia they had a bit of q a um and they had a few more presenters over there i think they had three so they were able to kind of like share some interesting facts about the service like who was the author that had the most borrows in the essex library service and things like that hmm. uh, it, I, I thought it was pretty good and if you want to hear about books you know if you miss talking to members of staff about books seems like a good place to go hey lady you want to go into the news yeah let's go there and I'm Service Development Manager with Libraries Unlimited. I wanted to tell you a little bit about Silly Squad, this year's Summer Reading Challenge. Silly Squad is a celebration of funny books and is a really fun way to keep your 4 to 11 year olds enjoying reading throughout the summer holidays. Children can sign up to the challenge through our Devon Libraries and Torbay Libraries websites. Once signed up, they'll be able to meet all of the Silly Squad characters and they can access loads of fun stuff like games and activities. They'll earn virtual badges as a reward for reading books, and once they've read six books, they can download a special certificate. Those of you who have taken part in the Summer Reading Challenge before will know that we like to also reward all children completing the challenge with a special medal. And we're hoping that as our libraries reopen over the summer, children will be able to bring in their certificate to claim their medal. If you're running out of books to read at home, then lots of our libraries will soon be offering a choose and collect service. Plus, we've also increased the number of children's books available on our e- and audiobook platforms. 
So, if you haven't done it already, please sign your children up to the Summer Reading Challenge today and enjoy lots of great reading through the summer. It's the Summer Reading Challenge, Lee! It's back! Oh, yes. Absolutely. We love, I love the Summer Reading Challenge. We get so many excited children through the door. I mean, it's ridiculous the amount of people that join up and do their six books challenge and, oh, they love it. And then we, you know, personally, in this, this library anyway, we have a party at the end of the, at the end of the run and we normally invite Rob Pudner, who's a fantastic um, entertainer from Entertainly Different, yeah. And uh, he, he is just a scream. And we have hundreds of kids in a hall and they love it. It's, it's one of our highlights of the year. I mean, it's intensive work for staff side to, to be getting on with, but um, I think that's going to be one of the things that this year I feel most sad about, not not doing properly because, you know. Because... The last few years, I've been going out to the schools like and doing the assemblies and yeah. like just yeah. not doing that. Been like, <clears throat> it's, it, and just not doing that has actually been quite sad. Like, um, you know when you go out and you do this big presentation and you play games with like a big school and there's like 400 kids looking at you I just i used to just find that really fun and just hola guten tag bon dia buongiorno hello do you like learning languages would you like to practice speaking in another language well edison library's online language cafes might be just the thing for you you can practice your conversation skills in a friendly, informal online setting. And the sessions are just around half an hour long. So we currently have these cafes. Every Friday, Spanish Cafe at 2pm. Esau Cafe at 4pm. Every Saturday, Portuguese at 1. Italian at 2pm. Nightly on Saturdays, German at 4 pm. You'll find all the links on Exeter Library Facebook page or Twitter. Email us at Exeter Library if you have any questions. We look forward to seeing you there. Cheers! Adios! Arrivederci! Bye! Speak any other languages, Lee? I don't know. Klingon, maybe. My day off. On your day off. Yeah. Which means your book's late. Who was that, by the way? That was Louise Tingle from Exeter Library. She does a lot of work with different languages. She's wow. very, very knowledgeable about all that sort of stuff. And I don't know whether you noticed, but she knew definitely how to say hello in at least two languages at the beginning of that. So, so today we've invited two guests onto the podcast to talk about the library service that they run in Essex. Uh, we've got Sarah Moth, the Customer Partner and Outreach Engagement Lead, and Beth James, the Customer Marketing Optimization Officer. So here we are then with uh, Sarah Moth and Beth James. Um, hello both, how are you? Hello, fine thanks, how are you? Yeah, fine, thank you very much. So can I come to each of you individually and ask what you do at your library service? So Bethany, what do you get up to? Um, so normally I am in the marketing side of our library service so we have a very very large service um, we have 74 libraries and two mobiles that we sort of do the marketing for so predominantly I'm doing the social media um, at the moment we are producing obviously our podcast and um, we're also producing um, sort of videos so book reviews um, 
I deal with the adult side and then we also have a children's side as well that are doing rhyme times and craft times and story times. Um, yeah, things like that. At the moment, it's a completely strange job role, <laughs> completely different to kind of how we started it, obviously with the changing circumstances. Um, but yeah, so mainly kind of the marketing and um, yeah, making people fall in love with libraries, basically. <laughs> A very, very important job. Um, Sarah, what is it that you do? Um, well, my job title is Customer Partner Outreach and Engagement Lead, which is a bit of a mouthful. But if I tell you, um, it used to be called the Reader Development and Access Manager. It probably gives you a better idea of what I do. So I'm in charge of things like the service development side. So it's um, trying to encourage people to read more, making sure our libraries are accessible, making sure that we sort of cover things like Pride Month and Black History Month. Um, every year they, there's an Essex Book Festival, so I have some involvement in that. Um, so very diverse and interesting role um, and do some support on the sort of the comm side that Beth does. So, you know, with the social media and our newsletters. And um, during lockdown, it's all been very different, been doing lots of different things. But one of the first things we did was sort of beef up our online offer and we sort of started developing the podcast and our video content. So what is it that you are doing with your podcast to try and uh, reach out to people that normally probably wouldn't listen to this sort of thing? Um, well, the reason that we sort of thought of doing the podcast is because everyone's in lockdown. Um, it's potentially can be very lonely depending on your situation. Um, so some people might be very isolated, some people might find it stressful, um, some people might be avid readers um, who are used to using our service a lot, but obviously all our buildings were shut. So what's going to happen once you've read those four books you've got out on your library ticket, what are you going to do? Um, at the time when we started developing it, all the bookshops were shut. Um, so it was an idea of how to people could carry on reading, how we could support them, how we could say, this is a way of boosting your mood. Um, you might be sitting in your house alone, but actually you can escape um, into a book. Um, there's lots, lots of sort of health and well-being um, benefits to reading. And um, like I, at the beginning of lockdown, I was reading a book um, and it was set, I think it started in Berlin, then it went to the Amalfi Coast, then it went to New York. You can sort of completely escape your surroundings um, and sort of forget about everyday life, really. So that was the idea of sort of helping people to continue reading. And our stock manager was busy buying lots of ebooks and e-audio. So we wanted to talk about the experience of how you can continue reading, um, how you can read an ebook instead, even if you've never read one before, or how you can listen to a book. So that was the main reason, really. Would you agree, Beth? Yeah, definitely. So I think we really wanted to create sort of a community space. I think people were really missing being able to sort of walk into a library and speak to a member of staff about book recommendations. So this was a way of kind of putting a voice behind those those recommendations and actually getting real genuine stories out there. On, on a kind of a broader scale, Beth, I mean, you're obviously marketing. So how do you market the podcast outwards? And, and, and have you had any kind of response back or any uh, quality feedback and that sort of thing? So, yeah, we've um, we've had quite a lot of really, really positive feedback. We um, market it. Obviously, we use social media. We've got wide e-newsletters that go out to all 
types of library users. We also have county-wide newsletters um, that we use as well to try to um, kind of boost how many people can learn about it. Because I think one of the things we were really keen on doing was making the podcast available to people that don't actually use the library. So the content in there is accessible to anybody, even if they don't know about libraries or Essex libraries, they can still enjoy the content. So we work really closely as well with Essex Book Festival. So every year throughout March, we have a huge book festival um, that goes on. We have loads of events. So we work quite closely with them and they have helped us promoting. Again, it's, it's just getting the audience that will love the content, but they might not necessarily already come to the library to find that content. Yeah, so interviewing some authors and things like that. Yep, absolutely. We, um, in our next episode, actually, we've got, um, we've been talking to Louise Hare, who is, a, she had a debut novel that came out earlier this year. And then we've also got an interview with Helen Lederer coming up and she is the founder of the Comedy Women in Print Award. And so, yeah, we've got some really, really interesting sort of stories and guests coming on. So it's, it's going to be really good. With, with libraries then, I mean, in general, let, let's let's go back to the beginning with you two, because I'm always interested in, in why people work in libraries. I've, I came from a music background, but I ended up working in libraries for certain reasons. So, um, Sarah, what what was your why did you go into libraries? Um, when I was at school, I wanted to be a journalist. And then I did my work experience when I was about 15 or 16 at two local newspapers. And I discovered that I wasn't cut out for the word of journalism so when I went to university I didn't really know what I wanted to do um, and I went to the careers um, service when I was in about the third year and said look this is the sort of person I am this is what I enjoy um, and I like the sort of element of research in journalism and I thought there might be some kind of research job I could do but they came up with librarianship and I was delighted like I just thought oh that's, that's good that seems like a real solution and that's what I've I've done. I did a year at an academic library and then I did my postgraduate library qualification. And then apart from career break to raise my children, I've worked in libraries, firstly academic. And then since going back um, when my second child went to school, I've worked at Essex libraries and had a very interesting um, career since. So, yeah, love libraries. I do find it interesting that people have worked in libraries for a long time, like I've worked for 30 years in libraries. You know, it's one of those jobs that you get the bug and you don't want to leave. And some people have left, but they keep coming yeah. back to the job. You know, it's a very small percentage of people that work in libraries don't like yeah. it and then leave. Um, how, how about you, Beth? So I've only actually been in libraries for a year. Um, I Mainly I worked in retail and then I went to university and I did um, creative and professional writing. So I write novels and short stories and originally my plan was to go into publishing and when I left university there were no jobs nobody wanted to hire a brand new graduate into a, uh, into a publishing house so I got a job in my local library I thought it's definitely a step in the right direction I'm going to be surrounded by books and literature and all people that love the same things as me and it's going to be great and then I'm then moved into the marketing side of the libraries and I've actually completely fallen in love with this side of the literature world I think it's such a really strong community and everybody really really wants to work hard to help everyone else so I think that's that's sort of what's drawn me now to wanting to stay in the library service so that I can just sort of share my my career with like-minded people but yeah it's I think it is the the energy in the community and the idea that 
kind of writing and reading can actually just bring people together they can be completely opposite cultures they can live opposite sides of the world but if they've read the same book then they have something in common and they have something to talk about and I think that's that's a really beautiful thing really it is that's the power of book groups as well isn't it I presume you run book groups in your service is that continuing uh, has that continued during lockdown are there different ways of doing no this? we have that's something that was an aspiration that hasn't we haven't really managed to do much with because a lot of our um, information was held locally in filing cabinets and you know things like that so but we've had to reach out online to people but we have got a um, with the um, Essex Book Festival we are having a virtual um, book group event um, in a couple of weeks with the author Louise Hare she's talking about her book This Lovely City um, with the African and Caribbean book group who are based at Chelmsford Library as library buildings open um, you know obviously things aren't going to be as they were we're not going to be able to be a centre for the community and social physical social events so that's something that's still on the list and we hope we'll do you know to go go alongside with the the offer of the buildings we'll still be sort of having a larger online offer as well. How have you guys survived during lockdown? Um, So originally we actually had quite a dormant YouTube channel that had a few videos that were kind of sitting on there, weren't getting that many views and when lockdown happened we thought videos are something that we can actually really be using as a way of talking directly to our customers. So we've really built up our YouTube channel um, quite significantly and I think one of the most amazing things is that we've managed to keep contact with our library staff as well, who are obviously at home now. And we put out a big call to them all and said, would you be able to send in a few videos of you doing a book review or or doing a rhyme time? And we had such an amazing response. And very, very, very quickly, we actually managed to start production of these videos and start getting them out um, within a matter of weeks, which yeah library services don't tend to move very 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 quickly um but we have actually managed to really adapt to the situation and start providing a service and changing the way that we deliver these things to our customers in actually a really really short amount of time actually um and i think our staff have had so much to do with that i mean without them we definitely would not have been able to continue this as well as we have it's been difficult because I was chairing a loneliness forum, which was meant to be happening um, quite soon after lockdown happened. And I sent out, you know, a, a thing saying, well, we won't be able to have it, but um, perhaps we could share what we're doing to address loneliness. It was obvious that people weren't actually still managing to work from home. And I think that's with our library staff, a lot of them were at home and they were thinking, well, we actually, there was nothing they could do so if they didn't have a laptop. So um, they were absolutely so pleased when they could make these videos and send them in. People who work in libraries, as we said before, they obviously, they're very committed. There's a lot of love for libraries. And we felt that when we got all these videos in, there was a lot of love coming with these videos for libraries and a lot of love from the staff wanting to do things. We have our, um, I don't know what you do in Devon, but we have a load of um, baby and rhyme times. And some of our big libraries have, them several times a week and they're absolutely packed um, and we be, did a big study on maternal um, health um, a couple of years ago and um, about how it really helps with maternal health them coming to the rhyme times so it's all those sort of community things that libraries do and by doing the videos you felt like you were 
in some way replicating it so when we were putting them out on our social media or on our newsletter having felt the love coming from the staff one way for the libraries we then felt the love coming back from the public because they were just really pleased to you know can't replace a, a rhyme time when you go and you meet and you chat and everything and go out for a coffee afterwards but it felt like it was some kind of normality um, I think it's something that some things will have changed, like the Essex Book Festival. Um, we had to cancel a lot of events in March, but then we are slowly sort of turning those events into sort of virtual things. And I think next year when the, the festival do their events, it will have changed. Um, we And you can reach different people with these sort of virtual events than necessarily we would have been able to engage with these events previously so I think some good will have come out of it in a strange way because we'll be doing things in a different way. Do you see that carrying on once you uh, reopen well, we in the future I mean say like all the videos. We definitely videos. want to carry on with the adult book reviews that we've been doing because they've been really popular and people have engaged with those um, and the Rhyme times will carry on um, because, as I just said, it's a way of people that wouldn't normally be able to get to those sessions being able to join in. Um, we definitely want to carry on the podcast. We've only released one episode so far, but so far we've, you know, it's, it's resulted in us talking to you today, which has been great. So we're really hoping. It's very, it's very you. good. All listeners should Thank go and you. have a listen. Um, so we're really hoping that's something that will carry on because um, we've got big plans, haven't we, for that? Lots of episode ideas. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so um, how about any good news stories from your service? <laughs> um, I think we've already said a lot of it, really, the how quickly things turned around um, and, and how much people engaged with our new content. I think that's been a, a good news for us. I implore anybody out there who is a listener and a borrower of books to bring those good news stories to the library because we not only really actually need them because they're quite useful, um, but uh, it's also just really heartening to know that we're doing all yeah right it is thing. really nice when you get um, those messages on social media um or we've got like an inquiry form on our website sometimes we get some lovely feedback from there and it's it's really nice we always share it with everybody yeah it really gives you that boost doesn't it because you think oh all that you know that work we're putting in that it is making a difference you know and people are you know it is benefiting somebody even if like you said Lee even if it's just that one person you think it was worth it absolutely it's worth it now yeah, and I always believe that that one person probably echoes uh, another percentage yeah. of people that just haven't gotten around to writing to you as well. Um, you have to think positively that way, and that's how the good news spreads yeah, about definitely. how great libraries are. <laughs> okay, so um, is there anything else you want to tell us about? Is there anything, how about the Summer Reading Challenge? You know, I mean, obviously you enjoy that every year. There's quite a lot of involvement going on with the Summer Reading Challenge, and it's very different this year. How are you going to um, well, present Well, normally that to your we always think of the Summer Reading Challenge as our Christmas because that's when we get, you know, so many people coming into the libraries and we go out to loads of assemblies and um, promote it in schools and it's just lovely and it never changes. Children always love to get stickers. They always love to see the new books we buy. So this year, obviously, it's all got to be done a bit different. It's all going online. But um, our children's manager um, really wanted to try and do something for children who don't have computers or don't have wi-fi at home so she bought um i think about 2000 sort of physical packs and then they've been doing some work sort of outreach work to um target you know, who's going to benefit from those most so she's been working with food banks um 
some women's refuges, um, some sort of like those holiday um, meal clubs and things like that. So they're going to for those children who won't have the benefit of having a computer at home and being able to do the challenge. Um, then they'll be able to do the challenge like they normally would do with the, the physical materials. Um, so, yeah, it'll be different, but yeah, hopefully children will still engage with it. Well, it looks like we're running out of Zoom time. So I thought we'd end with, uh, we do a one minute book review. So how about um, we do something similar, but not too intensive. Um, if I ask you both what your what the last book is you read and how you felt about it, and then just, we'll give you about 30 seconds to tell okay. us as much as you want about it. Um, okay, then Bethany, off you go. What was the last book you read? Um, so I'm reading The uh, Killed Queen, which was challenged to us. So at the moment we're doing a book bingo challenge. So on our podcast, we're having to pick a category out and then we have to read a book based on that category. So the category that I picked or we picked last time was Great First Line. So that led me on to reading Kill the Queen, which is a fantasy novel. Um, and I love fantasy anyway, but it's, it's really, really interesting. It's about a girl who is the last surviving member of the royal family after a massacre who has now gone into hiding with the gladiator <laughs> troops. It's very dramatic. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a really lovely read. It's, it's high energy. Brilliant. That was great. How about yourself, Sarah? Well, I've just finished reading Normal People by Sally Rooney. Um, I read it when it first came out and then I watched the TV and I, like a lot of people, became obsessed and um, so I suggested it as my, to my book club because we've still been meeting via Zoom. Um, so we just reviewed it on Sunday. And it was one of those books that I just enjoyed it more the second time. Um, and I think it's, a, it's of a book when you read it and you don't want to then start reading another book straight away because you just want to stay in that universe of that book. That's how I felt when I, I finished it. Um, but I'm about to start listening to, because I haven't got a physical copy of this, um, Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo, because that's my next book club um, discussion book. Fantastic. Listen, it's been really lovely to talk to you both, Bethany and Sarah, and good luck with the podcast and everything else, and we'll keep in touch. Definitely. And uh, take care. See you soon. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having yes. us. It's time for the Lightning Review. So... Hello everyone, welcome to the famous segment, the Lightning Book Review segment. Uh, today we have a very special guest, somebody who I used to work with at Columpton Library. Um, we've got Karen Seeley with us. How are you doing, Karen? What's up? Good morning, Callum. I'm absolutely fine, thank you. Um, I have very fond memories of working with you at the Hayridge, I have to say. Oh, well, that's good. Yes, yeah, so as Karen and I used to work at the Hayridge Centre together, uh, I sort of moved on went to Exeter but Karen you're still holding down the fort how is how is the place like is there anything new going on there well yes there's some very exciting developments have happened uh, during lockdowns so we've had some physical changes so uh, it's a project that you yourself were, were quite heavily involved with and um, it's going to come to fruition so when we open under the new normal we're going to uh, have a little bit of a different look no, that sounds great. Oh, so hopefully the people of Columpton will like it. It'll create a bit more space in there and also give a few more tables and chairs to the cafe. Um, but you are here, Karen, to do the lightning book review today. Um, now, you, you said you told me earlier on that you've heard uh, all the other lightning book reviews. Does that add pressure or does that make you feel relaxed? Like, how are you feeling about this? I, I think it uh, makes me feel quite, quite relaxed about it, actually. Quite yeah. Chilled. 
good well you've you always had a level head you're always able to handle pressure relatively well uh, relatively well (laughs) well and uh you know and you know your stuff about books so i'm expecting big things i'm expecting this to be the best one yet right um well time will tell okay so here we go lightning book review time the book that i would like you to review is one moment by linda green Okay, give me a second to just refresh my memory on that one. Okay, yes, yes, I do remember this. Um, one moment. Oh, this is it's quite um, emotive, this book. So it touches on a lot of uh, serious issues. So it's written from the perspective of a young lad um, named Finn, and he's different. And as quite a few of us will appreciate, different people are do struggle to get on in our society sometimes so he struggles at school he gets bullied um and he's really unhappy because all his friends like football he likes gardening his absolute hero in life is alan titchmarsh which i thought was quite funny um and one day he meets a lady called kaz and she's an older lady and she's lovely she's really empathetic and she sort of understands um, the struggles that he faces up to on a daily basis. Um, then something. Well, that horrible. I don't know whether you can hear that, Karen, but that was one minute. I'm going to have to cut you off there. That was one minute. How Is quickly it? does a minute go? I know it disappears. It sounds like you had a lot more to say about that book. Did you enjoy it? I did. I really did. Yeah. Yeah. As I say, it touches on some serious issues um, and leaves you feeling, you know quite hopeful in the end good Good. so that was one moment by linda green well karen thank you very much for coming on and doing the lightning book review uh i wish we could have uh, heard another minute from you but that's just simply not the rules we simply cannot allow (laughs) any any more than just a minute um you know me talk for england yeah yeah well yeah there are other members of staff who could talk a bit longer but that's fine (laughs) um karen it's been great catching up it's been great seeing you again um and uh we'll see you again soon okay thank you so much bye so that was so that was karen seeley i thought she did very well and there were no mistakes or there may have been mistakes no. it's difficult to tell yes. when we haven't heard it yet because we haven't recorded it this is the, this is the magic of podcasting we're now recording this banter after a segment you haven't yet recorded i know it's it hasn't happened like that before this is the first time this happened so let's let's do this in a way that we have heard it and see if we can try and fudge our way through it no one's gonna know all right are we ready okay well i thought karen did very well there she had a little bit of a hiccup halfway through uh, but she managed to power through it i thought that her insight into the chosen novel was incredible it was almost moving what did you think lee well, I, I love the Gruffalo, so um, yeah, she did a really good job. <laughs> Lee, I think that's the end of another wonderful episode of the Libraries Unlimited podcast. Um, what are we doing next week, Lee? Well, I'll tell you, we're talking to Rachel G, the Rural Service Delivery Manager, who is in charge of the mobile library service in Devon, and she's going to walk us through what that means. Uh, surely you mean to say drive us through, no? Oh, sorry, I, I, that was a joke. I just didn't pick up on the fact that that was a joke. I was like, oh, we're going to go back and re-record that then. It's fine. I'll get my coat. Bye, Lee. Bye.
you've been listening to the Libraries Unlimited podcast. Thank you. If you would like any more information about our services or up-to-date news, then please go over to the websites, that's devonlibraries.org.uk and torbaylibraries.org.uk. And we'll see you again next week. Bye.